0: Hello and welcome to the FEZ Show. It is the 6th of May 2020 and we have so much to talk about today. Joining me on the show is as ever Jack Pickering, but special guest returning from Germany is the one and only Tobias Bloom from E4MLD. Morning boys. Good morning. Good morning for having me. <laughs> no, Tobias, obviously it's it's so important to have you back because you're just a wealth. Oh, no, well, it is. Yeah, it is important. You're such. Is a, it? You're okay. such a. He prestige. knows more than me.
1: is basically. <laughs>
0: you're such a prestige journalist. The people listen to you. I'm the not. following. The I'm following really that you. Not. The following you have now on Twitter is unbelievable. So we are honoured to have the one and only Tobias Bloom on. The professional show sim racer. And <laughs> yeah, professional sim racer. I don't know if you saw. We made a, a nice joke that um, I was 57th. I think it was yeah 57th in the previous one you were 29th and I called myself a sim racer but then said we were all being by you so we've got a lot of catching up to do
2: <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm still a lot slower than the professional ones I spoke to three of the German Austrian sim racers yesterday and they're just so much quicker than me I have no idea where they found the, the, the time
0: yeah honestly they
2: must have found a shortcut or somewhere in in Leicester no idea where they found the time
0: I exactly when you you're just going flat and you're like how am I losing time going flat (laughs) for example oh unbelievable but I've just done the Monaco one I've set my first lap time on the Monaco one uh 55.6 so I think that put me like 16th out of 21 um which you know the top time is 52 from the sim racers I'm gonna have a lot two and a bit three seconds to find but I think, I think from a test race
2: track. they did 50 once so four seconds for you to find
0: yeah well that's pretty scary isn't it that's pretty <laughs> scary but i was learning apparently they're turning into their they're using first gear into ras gas and the first corner which i wasn't i was too busy going in there in second gear so i've learned something <laughs> so i'm gonna have another try i've still got my sim- i normally pack away my sim rig i've got my sim rig still packed up, well up in the corner so i'll give it a bit of a <laughs> try later in the afternoon but boys Let's move on to the main talking points for today, because the main talking point I want to talk about is Scuderia E. Now, we have had the privilege at Formula e Zone to speak to Gianfranco Pizzuto, who is sort of spearheading this venture. So what we found out so far is what we put out in a news story yesterday. If you haven't seen it, feel free to go to formularezone.com. Um, So, Basically, he is talking to three Formula e teams now. We don't know who these three formulary teams, but we can make an educated guess sometimes. But I don't know how well we can po- even do that. But all we know is is that some of them are actually are creating their own powertrain and one of them is a team that is a customer team. So those are the only source of knowledge that I know about the three teams that he is talking to. But it's interesting because Tobias, we knew that there is a team up for sale. There is a team that wants out. So when he told me, three teams I was like oh that's that's actually quite interesting
2: yeah it's probably themes teams that are interested in some sort of buy-in not like complete sales there might be one or the other team considering a complete sale but I'm I'm sure plenty of theme teams want some sort of new investor some new stakeholder always is good for the for just for the value of the team um, so it doesn't really surprise me that they are, of course, interested in having a new stakeholder. Um, what's interesting is that there are apparently multiple teams searching for like a serious stakeholder. And at the end of the day, you kind of own the team if you own fifty-one percent, and that's going to be crucial for Scuderia E. If they get some team to sell 51% of, of their team, of their stakes. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the crucial thing for them if they want to have their own team and not just be a stakeholder in in one of the teams.
0: Yeah. From what I gathered, Jack, from the interview itself, he wants his own team. They want to start from scratch. He asked Alejandro Gag, he said there was rumors, which I hadn't heard, but he said he had heard rumors that when they go to Gen 3, that you know it might open up to 13 teams or 14 teams, which Alejandro Gag... Flat out denied um, in in the conversation, said, nope, that's not happening. You know, we're only sticking to 12 teams. If you want to get in the, on the grid, you need to, you know, buy our team or partner with a team. And from those three teams that he's talking to, two of them, we understand two of them are just looking for a like investor that are looking to just have a partnership which you know he's interested in just in case he can't afford or whatever the money doesn't come to buy out one of these teams which is interested in but he said it'll be a lot harder for them to you know get their ideas across if that makes sense
1: well yeah as for uh, as for 13 to 14 teams i really i really don't see that happening i think we will stick with 12 um because I think 26 cars on the grid. I think that's, that's too much. 24 is fine. 26 is too much. So yeah, I, I think what the, I think what should happen is that they buy out, um, is that they buy out one of the three teams that are apparently up for sale. Um, we, uh, and we don't believe one of them is Neo according to us, according to a different source, but, um, but yeah i think uh, uh but yeah i i'm i'm not sure in terms of what teams it would be i think if if i think it would mean that one of them would be a manufacturer so it'll be a it'll be surprising for manufacturer wants out i think we can count out someone like Vir- virgin cuz they've just sold half their team to envision so uh so yeah i can't see that happening but yeah i think uh so, yeah, I think maybe a manufacturer wants yeah. out.
0: Well, you can speculate for days, honestly. Yeah. You could speculate for days. You know, I, I as I said, to, to, to make things as, as abundantly clear as possible, like, we believe one team is fully up for sale. Like, they want out. Like, ciao. See you later. Whereas two teams don't want out. They just want investment to buy. So, and... You know, we were told. I, I, I put the question to my original source who told me that there was a team up for sale. I was like, Oh, it must only be Neo and Dragon, then, like, surely, like, come on, there's no, who else is going to sell? Right. And he was like, Nah, it's not Neo. I'll put it that way. But it wouldn't surprise me, considering the craziness Tobias and Neo, for example, have gone through lately, that they wouldn't, they could be one of those three teams in terms of we don't want to sell, but we'll, we'll take your money.
2: Well, the only scenario i can imagine neo selling their stakes in the lishang racing team is i mean just let me get that straight neo is the title sponsor sponsor of a team owned by lishang racing a shanghai based company and they bought the team last summer and not sure if they own everything i'm sure neo still has stakes in it as well as other stakeholders but at the end of the day the company or the team is Really new. It's their first season technically. The name is still the same compared to last year, but at the end of the day, it's pretty much a new team, maybe with old personnel, but you get the idea. Uh, so it would surprise me if Neo were to sell their team again. The only scenario I can imagine of them selling the team is in in the wake of the Corona crisis, because of course manufacturers will have to save money, and that applies especially to young startups like Neo. And I'm not sure how financially stable Li Sheng Racing is as well. That's just pure speculation, by the way. But that's the only scenario I can imagine. Them losing money, of course, because of the corona crisis. And that would mean them having to scrap their motorsport program and search for a new investor. That might be a possibility for Neo to be sold. Otherwise, I don't really think it's realistic that Neo is one of the team's Searching for for a buy or, or sell out of the team.
0: The only team, as I said, when I I was transcribing it yesterday or finishing off the transcript and something else that he said in terms of that, one of them, two of them have their own power trains that make their own, and one of them is a customer team. And I was like, oh, that narrows it down slightly. Um, so, and Venturi, Jack. Venturi was the name that sort of popped out at me as a team that was a manufacturer who's now partnering with Mercedes but I don't think there'd be a team that sells I think they're going to try and build Venturi a team you know, closely associated with Mercedes, I think that's probably a sensible route for them to go. Because look in terms of their performance this season with Venturi, how much they've improved having the Mercedes powertrain compared to their own powertrain. But when he, obviously, when Gianfranco said, you know, customer team, I was like, well, there isn't that many customer teams. And if we're we'll Dragon make their own powertrain, Neo is a customer team. And you're looking at customer teams, you've only got Venturi and Virgin left. And we don't think it's Virgin. So Venturi then shot out at me.
1: Well, yeah, I think by process of elimination, um, yeah, Venturi would be uh, uh, would be one of those teams. However, I'd be surprised if they do that because they've just they've just entered this partnership with Mercedes uh, uh, this is Obviously, they had the partnership last year with uh, HWA where they supplied the Venturi powertrains over to them, and now vice versa for this season, and more likely for the foreseeable future, they're going to be using Mercedes powertrains and. So, yeah, I would, yeah, I, as soon as you said Venturi, I was like, okay, this is, this is surprising, but now you've kind of explained it, I do kind of, I do kind of see where you're coming from in terms of, uh, in terms of how that would work. Um, But yeah, I think if we do lose Venturi, it it would be a shame, Uh, I think, because or, uh, and, and also because they've 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 made so many personnel changes over the years, they brought in Susie Wolf, who's now the team principal there, and and uh, and yeah, like like I said, the Mercedes powertrains as well. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, so yeah, if if it is Venturi, then it would be a little bit of a surprise. But after you have said it, it it kind of won't be as well.
0: Although Scuderia Eve and True Mercedes does sound that's, that's have a good ring to it.
1: Um I would have never thought Scuderia and Mercedes would ever be in the same sentence. But I mean, there we go. That's true.
0: <laughs> but in terms of in terms of their plans, in terms of Scuderia E's plans, like they want to obviously set up three years of lifespan. So they, they they're not just coming in flashing the pan, like they they've come in with a methodical approach to bias where you know, they it's not just about acquiring a team or acquiring personnel. It's you know, they they're thinking slightly long term you might say three years is not that long term but you know he said in his interview that you know you, you don't know what happens in three years things could change a lot of things could change and there so at least i know i've got three years and obviously if things go well things go to plan we can we can plan for a bit further so he's thinking about 50 million euros is what he'll need obviously to set up a team um and obviously acquire a team or, or work alongside a team invest in a team in order to to race which i think i think it's a, it's a decent chunk of money and, and in in terms of this day and age, when we were speaking at the beginning of the... Of the when I spoke to my original source, they said at the times Formula E teams at the beginning of season one were like three or six million. So it's amazing now that we're six seasons in and we've nearly, you know, tri- uh, more than tripled, quadrupled the number that it make, takes to actually like, fund a Formula E team.
2: It is, but I also have the feeling that 50 million euros might be a bit too little um to run a formula 18 for three years it is enough to buy enough stakes in the team of course but nowadays you need around i don't know 20 30 million somewhere between 10 and 30 million um of course the effect of spending money uh is even smaller if you if you i mean the difference between spending five and 10 million on a power chain is is larger compared to when you spend 25 or 30 million on a power train regardless um i have the feeling that you need at least i don't know 60 million euros to run a team for three seasons and then another 50 to buy into a team um so you're thinking 100
0: million in terms in total
2: for a viable operation and a sustainable operation yes um, it might be possible. I have no idea about the budgets, of course, of the teams. Um, and you have to keep in mind that s- most teams aren't making that much money yet. It's about £1 million that each team makes. I, I think there were numbers released for Jaguar last year uh, and then making, I don't know, £1.5 million a year or a season, um, which isn't that much in their third year. Um, that said, it might be possible to run a team for three years and buy an entire existing team for 50 million euros. Not sure if that would necessarily make it competitive though.
0: Well, that's what he says, which is interesting. But I suppose every team principal, every team that is a manufacturer who wants to come in or in in any terms said we don't want to be fighting for last place. And, you know, Gianfranco did say that. We don't want to be fighting for last place. We want to be competitive. So, you know, we in the end of the day, like he wants to show these Italian manufacturers or, or someone that, you know, they're worth investing in the team, and obviously, if you're hobbling around in last place, you're not that, you know, that investor worthy. Because obviously, we we spoke to him about Italian manufacturers, Jack, and he flat out sort of denied that any Italian manufacturer will be joining him anytime soon. He said um, he, he basically said that the Italians are not that interested in electric mobility yet. Like, you need, something needs to drastically change their opinion um, about electric mobility um, in order for them to to really think, ah, we need, we need to go this way.
1: Well, yeah, it's great that, uh, it's great that Rome actually signed, um, a five-year deal the other day, but, um, uh, but yeah. And, and, uh, and hopefully that will start the, start the persuasion into, uh, into electric vehicles. Uh, I do see why we don't see like, um, Italian manufacturers in Formula E at the moment. Um, cause there's what, La- uh, Lamborghini, which, um, that could come in, but then again, I can't see them doing electric cars. Ferrari are focused on Formula One, um, and they're part of the Fiat brand, so yeah, I can't see them going in either. So yeah, I do, I do understand why we don't see any Italian manufacturers in Formula E and why they're not that interested at the moment. Um, however, this this could change over. Uh, this could change, change over the coming years. It could be maybe five five or ten years, and because the, the thing is, most countries are most countries are banning banning um petrol uh petrol powered cars well uh in um like 2035 to 2040 around that period and so uh and so yeah it's uh, at some point they may need to they may need to start but uh i i guess it's just not for them yet
0: no i don't know if it's surprising to bias in terms of you know hearing that the Italian manufacturers are still not that interested or you know or need a sort of a stronger reason to get involved in electric mobility and when you look at Formula E and you see Mercedes Porsche you see a lot of rivals to Ferrari in a sense especially with Porsche for example um in Formula E I, I it was quite surprising that he said you know what they're still not interested
2: yeah it's a question of money at the end of the day I'm afraid um Ferrari, of course, wants to make a difference in Formula E, just like any other team, like Scuderia E wants. They don't want to be finishing last. They want to be competitive. same applies to Ferrari. And Ferrari, of course, has the ambition to always win. And it is difficult to always win in Formula E. You would have to create your own chassis, for example, to really make a difference in in the way Ferrari is thinking. Um, And... Add to that, that Ferrari still isn't producing battery electric vehicles. They have a hybrid concept car, I think, or not even a concept car, a proper car, but only a hybrid. Um, And it would, of course, make sense in the long term to enter Formula E. That's why we're all fans of the series, Um, because I'm convinced Formula E will be in a couple of years time the only relevant in terms of industry the only industry relevant racing series and the rest will just be entertainment but um, yeah it it makes sense for Ferrari not to join Formula E yet because A. they can't, can't make money yet that much at least and B. they can't make a difference yet because the championship is really competitive and it's meant to be competitive because of well, the single chass- chassis, for example.
0: That was a topic that we actually spoke about yes- on yesterday's show in terms of when Formula E will actually open up because it is a spec series um, in terms of its battery, obviously made by McLaren, and uh, chassis, obviously made by Spark. And when, well, just to get your views on it, Tobias, in terms of when do you think Formula E will go all right teams? Because, you know, even speaking to Gianfranco about the powertrain, the battery is the king. And you've got manufacturers like mercedes Porsche, Audi, Jaguar who will be dying to make their own racing battery and test things for themselves in order to then move their road car production on in order to increase the range because obviously range at this precise moment and battery is king and obviously costs is a huge factor in that in terms of you know if we let Formula E teams right now make their own chassis and make their own powertrains jaguar ain't making a million and a half they're probably losing 15 million so that's a really interesting thing to 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 keep in mind but i feel at some point in the future Formula Re probably will need to open up maybe the battery um powertrain the battery tender sorry um to maybe more than
2: just one maybe
0: two or three
2: i agree but not yet uh it will be at least a decade i think um before that happens because you have to keep in mind that Formula E still is young and still one of the big, unique selling points for FE is that it's affordable for teams of manufacturers. And that would change dramatically if batteries were opened up and teams were allowed to develop, develop their own batteries. That would effectively mean the end anyway of teams like Venturi and Neo and smaller teams like Dragon. Of course, they can produce their own powertrains, but that's a completely different story. Um, to making your own battery Mercedes would love to create their own battery and I'm sure if they had the opportunity for it um, Porsche would do so as well and Jaguar as well but then we're not talking about budgets of 20 million euros a season but 120 million euros a season I don't know Um, maybe a bit less than that, but costs would escalate. And that's one of the unique selling points of Formula E right now, that it's affordable. And we would completely change that if we were to open up battery development. Um, If FE, I don't know, in, in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, stabilizes enough and teams are continuously making money, I could imagine that happening, but not in the 2020s 2030 at the earliest I think
0: I think in the 2030s it's got to happen simply because you know we're getting closer and closer to that 2040 deadline in terms of you know you know no petrol cars ever being produced again and I suppose you know car manufacturers or car companies that are involved in Formula E um but obviously you know really want us to be focusing on electric mobility and really making sure that they're ready and producing cars that you know are putting petrol cars you know to the shelf um so to speak, but in terms of, you know, keeping to the powertrain topic and just to finally finish on Scuderia e you know, their are powertrains. So they are partnering with this Turkish company uh, run by Mark Lander, um, who produces electric powertrains like he what he does is they retrofit. So basically, if your car can sort of fit an electric engine, for example, they can take the petrol engine out of it and they can put an electric engine in there. They can do that for tractors, cars, buses. You name it, they can do it. Um, so he, Gianfranco partnered up with him, phoned him. He's a very close friend and, and he said he, he was crazy enough to, to go into this venture with him. So it, at this precise moment, they will be building their own powertrain uh, scooter from this Turkish company um, who will build their racing powertrain. Obviously, he says they'll need to get people... In to sort of help because it's a racing powertrain. It's not a powertrain used just for commercial vehicles, so it is slightly different. Um, But I thought that was interesting because obviously Gianfranco um, used to be Jaguar's uh, ambassador um, last year for the Ipace. So I, you know, he's got contacts within Jaguar who can then say, you know, supply an engine. But he's all saying at the moment that it's about cost.
1: Well yeah if he if he was uh if he had ties up with with the Jaguar uh, yeah I would yeah I would approach Jaguar and say could I please have what uh, could I please have two of your powertrains uh but um but yeah I think yeah I th- I think that's an interesting route to go down going with a completely uh going completely new powertrain that but but I, but I guess he does, I guess he does have the Jaguar experience. So he, he, uh, I, uh, he will probably know more or less what needs to come from that. And so, uh, but, uh, but the thing is with these, with these small, um, with these small own, uh, own powertrains like we see with dragon, they, they dragon have now kind of fallen towards the back of the field in terms of that, uh, in terms of that. And then, um, uh, and and the manufacturers have come to the front, and we've seen, like like we said earlier, Venturi are no longer making their powertrains; they've they've gone for the Mercedes powertrain for this season. And so, yeah, I do think I do think it's a little bit of a risk to go for that, but it could pay off.
0: No, it it could definitely pay off. Like it, it's it's an ambitious, but you got to you know he, he said he said in, in his interview you got to take risks sometimes. And if he believes that you know partnering with with his friend Mark, who, who makes all these powertrains, you know, is the way to go, then that's that you know it could work out massively for him. But Tobias, he has not ruled out the customer team because basically what he said, you know, if the team that we take over has a powertrain that only needs refining you know, we'll keep that powertrain and basically we won't have to spend as much money on, on, on developing a new one because a lot of the material, a lot of the know-how is, is already there. When he takes over a team, obviously they will have to make a new powertrain for the following season. But he's not going to just jump in and, and say, you know what, if we're running a Mercedes powertrain, whatever this car is, or we're running this we might keep this powertrain for the next season refine it, make it, you know, try and improve it software-related uh, and, and move forward and not spend as much money. So he is still open to being a customer team and he is still open to sort of using the existing knowledge that is already there to sort of, you know, carry on and, and give the give his team a, uh, a stepping stone.
2: Yeah, it would be a wise decision, of course. It would save him money uh, and valuable money as well. Um, it would... Be a sensible way of, of going about things. Um, of course, at the end of the day, I get the feeling that he and IMCO Electronic, w- of course, want to create their own power chain as well. Um, but for the beginning, if, of course, all other other yeah steps on the way uh, to entering a team into Formula E work out well, it could be a viable option to use an existing powertrain as a customer team for for the first two years and then enter with their own powertrain. that decision will have to be made at uh, at a later stage though
0: yeah he as i said he's he, he's open to being a customer team and his he, date isn't that flexible like he wants to enter in the 22 season and i said you know gen 3 has been pushed back do you just want to come in when gen 3 starts he's like look if we buy a team i want to buy a team you know i could buy a team by the end of this season you know, not obviously enter and we could enter as even as next season or buy a team during the twenty one, twenty twenty two s uh twenty 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 one season and then start um in the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two year. So he doesn't mind like not waiting for Gen 3, which I thought was interesting. But obviously to move the conversation over in terms of something else, four Marie have come out well a gag has come out and said that former Marie could abandon street circuits for up to three years due to um coronavirus jack and i thought okay i can maybe see that for one season but i think three seasons is that's a that's a long time
1: yeah uh yeah it is three three, three seasons are, are, are spaced out over the over the time period of four years so basically we'd be we'd be running on 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 uh, on not on street circuits until something like 2024 which is which is quite a long to, which is a seriously long time i'll be 26 by then uh, but, oh, don't say that yeah no i'll be
2: 12 by then yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. But, but yeah i mean yeah i yeah i it's it's a very bold claim but i do think uh, i do think we'll still head to I reckon that we'll still be on city streets. Maybe, maybe do twenty twenty one as a as a year where we just go to, uh, just go to actual racetracks. But um, but yeah, no, I can't see I can't see them staying away for that long. But yeah, I think maybe I, I... do twenty twenty one because I don't think we're gonna get we're we're not gonna start season seven this year. We're gonna start season seven in twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, I so have the twenty twenty one season is on proper tracks.
0: I think in terms of you know Formula Renault, there's so many things. We obviously we talk, spoke about the two year cycle yesterday uh, to bias in terms of you know them thinking about keeping that going into you know just actually not making a powertrain every year. And I think like this is something that for Marie is saying that they could do, and obviously it goes against all their core values in terms of obviously bringing the race to the people. Um, but do you think this could be a change where, you know, people have said, oh, FOMRU should just race on uh, purpose-built circuits, like why should they race around Mickey Mouse street circuits? Do you think this could spark the change for the season actually containing a mixture of purpose-built circuits and street circuits in the future?
2: Ooh. I mean, it depends, of course, on, on what you define as a purpose-built racetrack. Um, at the end of the day, Templehof is a purpose-built racetrack as well. It's not on the streets of some city. It's on on the on an airport. How do you call that apron? Um, same pretty much applies to London as well. It's just a few service roads, not part of like the public uh, transport way and and uh, street system. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, I think still will mean Formula I I think Formula E will come back. uh, That's the point I'm making uh, to to street circuits uh, because Formula E belongs into the cities. And uh, Agak has always underlined that. And I really do believe Formula E wants to stay in cities. Of course, he says that safety, security, health has to come first. And that's right, of course. Um, But yeah, I think if, as soon as it's a viable option, Formula E will return to, to cities.
0: Yeah, it's. I know it's a lot of things. And obviously, we don't know the fallout of COVID-19 yet. We're right at the beginning stages. We Obviously, we need a vaccine for it to be 100% safe. You know, are still people going to be vulnerable to catching COVID-19, you know, in 2022 and 2023? It, it's all something that, that is up in the air and, and that we've got to sort of understand. And then maybe once we've fully understood the impacts and the effects that COVID-19 have, then maybe we can go back to, to the way things once were, because I, we all want to get back to normal life, but at the same time, you're like, oh, you know, what is, when can we be sure, or how, When? when is normal actually going to be normal, if that makes sense? Is it going to be normal, but we have to make these sort of like exceptions, or is it going to be normal? Right, boys, just to finish up, because we're running out of time, but I want to mention this. You know, Robo Race have come out recently and said that they're going to create their own sort of Netflix, Amazon series, their own sort of web series. And, and lots of sports now. You've got The Last Dance, which is a documentary series on basketball about Michael Jordan that's come out on Netflix. You know, you've got obviously the Drive to Survive series and obviously Formula Reed decided to make this movie that no one's seen and we go green. So I'm thinking, do Formula E, because Formula E is such an interesting story and there's so many interesting battles, and it changes all the time. And I think, Jack, personally, it create a fantastic Netflix or an Amazon series.
1: Quite quite possibly. But the thing is, they've made this film called When We Go Green and no one's seen it. Where, Where, where is it? I, w- I would like to watch this film, but it's just, it's just, they premiered it at, festival the can i think a couple years ago um and yeah it's just disappeared off the face of the earth since uh yeah. just re- even if it's a made for dvd movie i i i want to watch it
2: yeah
1: someone give it to me the
0: the thing is i think that film now has lost its relevance it's going to be it's, that's that film was filmed for season four tobias and you know if we watch it it's going to be so out of date if that makes sense before we've even started it it would be out of date. So I feel like a, a new, something fresh, obviously Netflix or Amazon, you know, going into the series and um, something that's fresh that could maybe come out in a year, year's time, you know, would be so much better.
2: Jack, it won't be long until you see the, the movie. Um, from, from, what <laughs> from what I know, it will happen. I can't put a date on it because I don't know an exact date, but very soon. Um I get the point that it might not be relevant, but that's that maybe only applies to us hardcore Formula E fans. If you're a casual motorsport viewer, you maybe know that there has been the Gen 2 uh, since I don't know when was the movie produced? 2018, I think. Yeah, so it was the a season four. Years, season four. Season four. We saw the Gen 2 being introduced, and maybe Formula E fans will know about that. Um, but for for just the general possible audience just like with drive to survive most people watching drive to survive haven't been like hardcore f1 fans before and have started to enjoy f1 after watching drive to survive and similar things could happen for formula e so i don't think the movie won't be relevant anymore um but i agree i would love to see a a full-on netflix series or amazon prime series about the f F e season Six, um, maybe not season six. It's not much happening in season six. <laughs> Don't do season six. <laughs> <laughs> maybe try season seven, just maybe not season, season six. Seven. Yeah. Or <laughs> um, maybe do it in twenty
1: twenty four or something when, yeah. like, when 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 we return to street circuit, so it looks yeah. more like Formula E. <laughs> do it then. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs>
0: No, it'd be amazing. Honestly, it'd be absolutely amazing um, to see a Netflix and Amazon series. And I think it's just the modern era now. It's the modern era of having a Netflix and an Amazon series and give, giving people something else. And Formula Re is something that needs to attract a casual fan. And I think a Netflix or an Amazon series is an amazing way to go um, for that. But, boys, I want to say a massive thank you for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
0: Remember, if you are enjoying the content, you can hit that like button below and that subscribe button. You've been watching the FEZ show. We will see you tomorrow. Goodbye.